Namaste, Namaskaram. Welcome to today's episode of Khuni the Crimes of India. I'm Sneha from Hyderabad and I have with me Aditi who is from Lucknow. But as usual she's connected to me on Skype and I can see her pretty pretty face. <laughs> hey Aditi, what's up? How's it going? What a week it has been. 2021 needs to calm down already. Which is exactly what we were saying for 2020 as well. Yeah, the last week has been particularly hard on the country's collective mental health. Oh my god. Yep. I mean, gaslighting citizens and sabotaging peaceful protests by planting saboteurs who incite violence will do that to people's mental health, you know. Mm. Plus now Twitter is a cesspool of anti-Sikh rage. People are openly asking for a repeat of 1984. Actually no let me be very specific right wing hindus are openly asking for another sikh genocide and what the hell is twitter doing about it are those accounts being taken down no <laughs> and in all this mayhem everyone has forgotten that this is not a sikh issue it's a farmers issue farmers from all over the country are protesting including here in up and are being suppressed violently but bjp will communalize everything because that's how they get away with the shit right and nothing reflects that better than up government's tableau on republic day remember yeah. massive ram mandir flanked by saffron clad sadhus oh it's so appalling but the tableau was surely missing angry karsevaks with murderous rage in their eyes <laughs> okay that's done this week we are doing something a little different we actually had something else planned but decided to scrap that and give you all the details well as much as we can about a case that came into light early last week don't worry we're still doing true crime we're still a true crime podcast yeah we're not going to change our character for anyone <laughs> yeah so this week we're looking into a phenomenon called folie en famille sneha please explain so folie en famille is a variation of this syndrome called folie a deux Folia the which translates to madness for two is known as shared psychosis or shared delusional disorder this is a psychiatric syndrome in which symptoms of a delusional belief and sometimes hallucinations are transmitted from one individual to another the syndrome shared by more than two people may be called folia trois folia quatre or folia famille simply known as family madness but before we go further we want to make one thing super clear aditi and i are not licensed psychiatrists nor did we study psychology officially we have just done research on this and read up enough to help us navigate the two cases that we're going to talk about today just enough to help us help you understand what this syndrome is and how these cases happened okay Now that disclosure has been done and dusted with, let's start with the cases. The first one is the recent double murder of sisters that happened in Andhra Pradesh last week. The second case is the curious case of Ursula and Sabina Erickson. Yep, not in India, but a very good example of folly are the. Also, another caveat: the Chittoor case is still a developing one in the sense that it has not gone to trial. and whatever we know so far has come from the police and the psychiatrists who have interviewed the parents yes yes please keep that in mind all right upwards and onwards let's go to chitur in andhra pradesh for the first case right so last monday morning which is the 25th of january as most of the country knows by now we all woke up to the news of an 
unbelievably violent double murder from Chittoor. We got so many requests to cover this case. I mean, we we're still getting requests. <laughs> the episode has not aired, but still. So Sneha decided to be all spontaneous and decided to do this episode on Foley on Famil. Yep. So Malluru Purushottam Naidu, who was fifty-five years old, and his wife Padmaja, who was fifty. Used to live in Shivnagar colony of Ankeshetti Palli in Madina Palli in Chittoor district in Andhra Pradesh. For those who are hearing about Chittoor for the first time, this is the same district in which the famous Tirupati is in. So Purushottam uh, used to be a vice principal of the Madina Palli Government Women's Degree College, and Padmaja was a gold medalist in mathematics and was an IIT trainer in the private junior college in the same town. Ah, uh, gold medalist in math. Lot of things are making sense right now. Don't stop vilifying math nerds <laughs> randomly, please. Okay, so their daughters, uh, Alekhya, who was twenty-seven, and Sai Divya, who was twenty-two, were staying with them ever since the COVID lockdown started last March. So Alekhya had qualified the Indian Forest Service examination, and she was posted as a forest officer at Bhopal in Madhya Pradesh last year. But as we already told you, she returned to her hometown on leave during the COVID nineteen lockdown and was said to be preparing for the civil services examination. And Sai Divya had completed her BBA and was pursuing a music course at the A R Rahman Music Academy in Chennai. So on Sunday night, which is the twenty fourth of January, at around seven thirty p.m., Purushottam Naidu called up one of the lecturers of his college, uh, G J Naidu. So G J Naidu was also his very close friend. So Purushottam tells uh, G J Naidu that him and his wife had sacrificed their daughters, and that the two young women would be returning from the dead on Monday morning. According to some sources, he even asked G J Naidu to call the police. The confused and obviously terrified friend immediately called up the Taluk police station. Meanwhile, the police had already been getting calls from neighbors. Uh, regarding the family, the neighbors had been calling to complain about "quote unquote" torturous noises and loud screams and chants that were coming from the house. Oh my God! Can you imagine getting this call from your close friend? Like you're just relaxing on a Sunday evening, doing whatever it is that Telugu uncles do to unwind <laughs> on the weekends, <laughs> and your friend calls you up and tells you. Hey, just murdered my daughters, but no biggie. They'll be resurrected tomorrow morning. You know, all normal things. Everything <laughs> is good. But also, just in case, call the police. K, thanks. Bye. Okay, listen. Stop. <laughs> Firstly, Telugu uncles do not talk like that. Secondly, <laughs> dude, I'm still recovering from all the updates I kept following last week for this case, and they're quietly, like, frankly, very, very, very bizarre, very peculiar. Yeah, and now you know how I felt during Burari, right? I feel you, bro. I was bro. researching for it. I feel you. Yeah. So the police immediately rushed to the house. Uh, what they saw there is probably one of the most bizarre scenes they have encountered in their careers. When the police first knocked on the door, the couple refused to let them in. They said that they were in the middle of a puja and they should not disturb the house. And Padmaja, she was in a state of hysteric trance, and she kept shouting that they destroyed a majestic heaven that was about to unfold. Then the police forcefully barged into the house. The house was in a state of absolute disarray. 
objects of tantric worship were strewn everywhere so i have actually seen this on tv and wow it was quite a mess there were little pieces of cloth everywhere there was a cooker which looked like it exploded soot was everywhere it was all just very strange the parents appeared to be in a state of trance and both were not paying attention to the police padmaja was incoherent and was staring at a wall throughout the time the police were searching the house she kept mumbling to herself the police found the bodies of alekhya and sai divya divya was found in the puja room and it appeared that she was killed with a trishul for those who don't know this is a trident while alekhya looked like she had been bludgeoned to death with a dumbbell their bodies were found wrapped in red sarees with a copper vessel stuffed in their mouths and heads tonsured before being killed padmaja told the police that the girl's hair was tonsured as an offering to lord shiva actually telugu news channels on monday kept showing several videos of a conversation recorded by the police and someone leaked these videos onto social media as well and i think they've been deleted now or something because i couldn't find them and these were conversations between the parents and the authorities just after they entered the house in these purushottam and padmaja were seemingly you know they had some deep misbelief that they could resurrect their daughters if just given a day's time so i'm translating this from telugu we are spiritual and we believe in spiritual practices our elder daughter alekhya too is spiritual we have done all required practices for from last one week padmaja is heard saying before getting upset at the police for disrupting the ritual and then she says we have done shuddhi you people aren't understanding and there are other very disturbing parts of the video where the husband and the wife claim that they had seen quote unquote results from rituals that they had performed earlier padmaja claimed that her daughters were alive for an hour even after their heads were broken and that is proof that these things are working they said we've seen such processes before we get messages from god and purushottam is actually telling the police that the younger daughter quote unquote got a message from god about the arrival of satya yuga era of truth and padmaja backs it saying kal yuga the era of strife is gone and satya yuga is coming so in the videos he keeps repeating his family's accomplishments and insists that they are very spiritual and accomplished people and from the highly disturbing video one gets a sense that he realized that things had gone wrong mm. after his daughter's died yeah. So when Padmaja realized that the police would take the bodies away she became hysterical she screamed that if the police give them just another 12 hours that the daughters would come back to earth as better and purer women and she also blames her husband for being weak of uh, because he called up his friend and therefore he destroyed the beauty and effect of the ritual she kept on asking the police to give them some time till the end of the night and they would resurrect their daughters she kept begging and finally asked them to wait half an hour and her daughters would be reborn she kept saying that kalyug was ending and monday would see the dawn of satyug and their quote unquote reborn daughters would come back and live prosperous lives so coming back to brass tacks turns out that the youngest daughter sai divya was the first one to be killed and she was killed by her mother padmaja 
uh, on Sunday afternoon at around 2:30 p.m. on the second floor of their house. Hmm. Then Alekia, the elder one, was killed by her parents on the first floor around 4 p.m. So what happened? I mean, by the looks of things, they seem like a normal, highly educated family. Well, at least when we introduce the episode. uh superstition happened you know yeah. or mm. spirituality or whatever their version of it is happened what the police uncovered in the last week was a secretive family deeply ensconced in occult practices in fact the parents told the police that the ritual was disrupted otherwise the parents would have killed themselves and they too would have been reborn on monday holy shit the four of them had a suicide pact if they had all killed themselves they would all be resurrected as better people and if anyone is getting buradi deja vu yeah it is impossible not to and we'll talk about that later as well actually aditi you know the worst part yeah by telugu family standards they were quite progressive like mm-hmm. the older daughter was 27 and by the looks of things they were letting her study for the civils which is unheard of mm-hmm. and they had let their younger daughter study music after her bba yeah. the police in fact spoke to relatives who said that the couple loved their daughters and encouraged them to study or pursue the subject of their liking this is again as i'm i'm repeating this for the nth time yeah. it's very strange parents yeah. like that telugu parents like that usually they'll be like we have an iit tutor at home why mm-hmm. can't you girls just study and go to iits and uh. what not Uh, understood so the thing is what lay behind closed doors was an obsession with the occult right mm-hmm. the family yeah. had been living in another locality called prashantnagar till about 6 months ago then they moved to sivnagar to this brand new house on 14th august 2020 of course due to the pandemic they had a quiet housewarming ceremony unlike what is typical for a normal telugu family so normally in telugu families you call your entire village and yeah. what not and colleagues and wear like kilos of jewelry and stuff right but they quietly moved into the house and the neighbors told the police that the girls and the mother were always inside they never stepped out only the father used to step out for groceries even after the lockdown was gradually eased this behavior continued the neighbors and relatives also confirmed that the family did not have any domestic worker uh, for four months prior to the gruesome murder i think we should hear talk about how this family seems to be quite similar to the chudavat family of the buradi case yes yes buradi is a very typical example of foli or famil so these guys were physically isolating themselves from everyone around them In Buradi the Chudavat family was in sort of like a mental isolation which was put in place by their patriarch and to everyone around them neighbors and relatives the families both seemed like normal high achieving families the Chudavats had a successful family owned business the children were studying well while on the other hand the Naidus seemed well settled highly qualified and look like they were living a normal life doing their day to day jobs creepy dude so fucking creepy i know right another mm. very weird thing that i found was alekia's instagram account okay by now this is leaked all over and i'm assuming and hoping insta blocked it but last i checked it did not and some idiot posted all her photos in sort of like a video montage on youtube So you see Alekia like many others her age was a regular user of social media like 
Insta and whatnot, where she shared photos of herself, her friends, her family, her dog. However, earlier this month, there was a dramatic shift in her posts. So the thing is, she posted saying that Shiva is coming, and this was on twenty first January, along with various messages about the world coming to an end. etc okay and this throws light about the girl also being influenced by superstitious beliefs this was followed by another post work is done another one which said islam is dead muslims are gone muhammad in halahal hashtag #shiva speaks again there are parallels between her instagram and lalit chudawat's quote and quote road to god journal where he chronicled some weird rituals both alekhya and lalit seem to be living with delusions of grandeur right so apparently 4 days before the incident when purushottam naidu's colleague went home she told purushottam you're like a buddha i want to hug you take me to your home the shocked man somehow managed to convince her and sent her back home this is so bizarre are they also surrounding themselves with weird people like this is a weird family and they have weird <laughs> friends no idea <laughs> As someone who grew up around stuffy Telugu uncles her entire life, I can only imagine how shocked this poor man must have been. He probably thought that counted as cheating on his wife. <laughs> Unless he was a pervert. We'll never know now, will we? Mm. Okay, so Alekhya tagged Osho as her favorite person in her Instagram <laughs> posts. So Osho is a Godman The police in the press conference said that there was a book of a spiritual guru called Meher Baba right next to her at the time of her death. Photos and books of uh, Shirdi Sai Baba, Avtad Meher Baba and Osho were found everywhere inside the house. Basically the family was deeply spiritual and also deeply brainwashed. Purushottam Naidu said that his daughters had gone completely into a trance. and had not even spoken to him properly for the past 3 days he said that alekhya had been saying that she was a form of shiva since she was in the 9th grade and that she possessed mystical powers and while the younger daughter divya said that there were evil forces roaming in the house and she had begged to be taken away from there and she had also threatened to jump off the terrace so on 15th january divya had taken their family dog a labrador named krishnudu for a walk okay sidebar This is a very cute Labrador. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I know all Telugu folks will agree with me when I say Krishnudu is a totally adorable name for a dog. Okay, let's go back to being morbid now. Yeah. So after Divya got back from home, she complained to her parents and her sister that she was sick. A point here to note is that there were no outward symptoms of any sickness, but she kept insisting that she did feel something inside of her. A few days later she told her parents that she was sure that she was going to die. She reiterated that there were evil forces in the house and that she would definitely die and Alekhya agreed. Alekhya also kept telling her sister that she was right that she was going to die. She actually said that Divya's time was ending on this earth. So Purushottam uh, later told the police that Alekhya had created this fear psychosis in Divya's mind and she had basically taken control of Divya. Uh, so yeah besides convincing her sister uh, alekhya also managed to convince her parents that divya's time was ending and the her parents did the most logical thing that any educated parent would do in such cases 
You mean they took the younger daughter to the hospital, right? No, silly. They called a tantric home to exercise their daughter. Oh, all right. Sounds logical. I mean, what a normal response. I am astounded by the normalcy. <laughs> anyway, so the tantric dude came home on the 23rd of January and apparently he did a lot of poojas and made all of them tie some holy thread around their wrists and I'm pretty sure he conned them out of some serious cash. Yeah, like tantrics are known to do. So the police actually interrogated this tantric and his name is Subba Ramaiya. Uh remember Purushottam's friend GJ Raju his colleague and all so he mm-hmm. was the one who got the tantric. So the tantric told the police that the family were of sound mind uh, when he visited them on the 23rd and they didn't look like they were in a trance or in depression. Of course this was the highly <laughs> professional opinion of Mr Tantric here. Yeah thank yeah. you. <laughs> of course. Uh so yeah the tantric said that when he reached the house he heard loud cries. No one came to open the gates of the house for him to enter and then GJ Raju uh he called a domestic worker who used to previously work for uh, the Naidus uh and then she called Padmaja who then opened the door to let them in. Then Padmaja told them that Purushottam was in the girls room he had locked it from inside they didn't open the room and apparently they had to break open the door and the latch to get inside. So inside the room Purushottam was standing very silently and Alekhya had fainted and Divya was screaming loudly. And then he told the police that Alekhya gained consciousness after 30 minutes of puja and she drank milk. Later he went back inside he brought back sacred amulets and rudraksh and some other puja items this time he said that there was a strange man stand sounding a conch in alekhya's ears which is so random <laughs> and yeah where did the strange man come from nobody has any idea but anyway yeah. he was uh, and then the tantric he tied these amulets to both the girls and he left I don't understand this is a very bizarre scene how did he conclude that nobody was in a state of trance and nobody was in depression or whatever like I I would be completely horrified if I entered into a house like this you are not a professional tantric <laughs> are you no yeah then how can you comment on the situation miss aditi sahai <laughs> Yeah, I guess as a tantric he sees much worse. Yeah. Anyway, so he was called again on the 24th as Divya's quote unquote condition had gotten worse. But he told the police that he couldn't go because he had relatives at his house. <laughs> Which is so I mean, I I think that's unprofessional. Sneha, do you think that's unprofessional? Yeah. Yeah, man. His 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 ethics are all messed up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So like if somebody if somebody is possessed by a ghost and they call a tantric and the tantric is like nah I have a prior engagement I have to see some friends I'll exercise you tomorrow <laughs> Sorry my my call sheet is not free today I have social engagement Yeah yeah we'll get we'll get the ghost out of you tomorrow on my own time okay like you guys need One to- day you can wait it's fine one day it's okay <laughs> Yeah <laughs> uh, Okay But Divya's pain persisted. She kept complaining and slowly on the 24th of January she told everyone at home that she was definitely going to die from her mysterious ailment. Um she kept to herself and she was weeping the whole time. Then Alekhya started convincing her that if she dies Alekhya can bring her back. 
Alekhya slowly started trying to convince her parents that she can bring Divya back as a purer version of herself. Soon Divya was convinced. Later her parents were convinced. They hatched a plan. They decided to first do a Shakti puja and then kill Divya's mortal body and later reincarnate her. In fact, Alekhya told her parents that she knew the pujas for reincarnation. She said that she had watched a lot of YouTube tutorials and read books about reincarnation. There are YouTube tutorials about reincarnation? Really? I mean, I did not know there are reincarnation <laughs> tutorials on YouTube. I I only go to YouTube for dog videos, man. But jokes apart, what the hell YouTube? How is this not a policy violation? And how is this not a betment to murder, right? Because somebody would have to be killed in order for them to be res- resurrected or reincarnated, right? Somebody is being killed. Yep, exactly, exactly. Oh my god. And just to drive the point home, okay? Like Alekhya has always I've noticed has had her bases covered. Just to drive the point home, she even told her parents that she killed Krishnadu and then reincarnated him. Wow. And they just believed that just like that. Looks like it, man. And also the fact that she was terribly close to the laptop probably helped matters. So strange. I mean, this all sounds so cultish, like a sort of Alekhya cult. Again, funny thing you should say this because remember, I said almost the same thing when we did Burari. The similarities are just alarming at this point. Yeah, and so is the shared psychosis or Foley a famille. I know Aditi, I know you're really enjoying saying <laughs> this word. <laughs> yeah, I am. Although I'm butchering the pronunciation. That's fine. I'm sure we'll get a very helpful review or a comment somewhere telling us how to pronounce it. It's okay. <laughs> so, moving on. Purushottam also said that he believed that Alekhya had supernatural powers and that the girls have been performing Shakti Puja since Sunday morning in a half naked state. Purushottam told the police that Alekhya who is wearing red robes and she said that uh, Shakti had taken over her that Kalyuga was going to end and Satya Yuga was going to start and that she herself should be killed and told them to do the same rituals as done for her sister to bring her back alive while chanting mantras Purushottam was ordered to ring the bell continuously while the ritual was going on and after the puja was over his wife bludgeoned their elder daughter with a dumbbell when the police came into the house the mother said that lord shiva was in the house and shouted that they should not come in wearing shoes and sandals she told them to leave the bodies there till monday after much questioning the couple was taken into custody and things just kept getting curiouser and curiouser so padmaja was still in her trance like stage So we all know this is the new normal and everyone has to take a covid test before they're arrested. And just like everyone the police made Padmaja sit in a plastic chair to take samples for her covid testing and then all hell broke loose. She kept screaming that she is Shiva and corona virus came from Shiva and here's an excerpt from that video. ఇంట్లో 
Purushottam Naidu was allowed to perform the girl's final rites while Padmaja you know she was brought to the funeral but she was kept a little distance away and she seemed wholly unaffected by the proceedings on 27th in a press release the police said that cctv footage was also needed to be examined as to ascertain who had come into the house in the past few days the police have lodged the parents in the station and filed a case of murder against them on 27th evening the police confirmed that the parents and their daughters were the only ones involved in the planning of this crime and they ruled out any external involvement by third party so on 27th evening the sessions court remanded the couple for 14 days and ordered them to be evaluated by a psychiatrist so the couple are now in a psych ward in a thir- hospital in tirupati ho oh, oh, what a crazy story <laughs> so we'll keep you all updated as and when there is any development in this yeah but let's look at this case and see whether foley or family comes into the picture we'll explain the signs of the syndrome and such with references from the case this syndrome is most commonly diagnosed when two or more individuals of concern live in proximity maybe socially or physically isolated and have little interaction with other people so this actually kind of checks all the boxes for us doesn't it yeah it does now there are four sub classifications of foley adieu so first is foley imposé second is foley simultané third is foley communiqué and fourth is foley enduit foley imposé is where a dominant person also called the primary the inducer or principal initially forms a delusional belief during some psychotic episode and imposes this belief on another person or persons these people are called secondary acceptor or associate and this is done there is this assumption that the second person might not have been deluded he is he was left on his own or left to his or own her devices if the parties are admitted to hospital separately then the delusions in the person with the induced beliefs usually resolve without the need of medication okay let me just explain this with yeah. this case yeah so this is exactly what happened in madanapalli the family was literally living all by themselves with minimal interaction with the neighbors they were a normal family and by all accounts they should have at least gone and said hi to their neighbors i know it was locked down and all but by august they could have at least left the house and gone for a walk god knows we all did and alekha was clearly the dominant person in this case she was into reading up about reincarnation of dead people she had a certain ideology that she passed on to the family she believed that she could reincarnate her sister and convinced her parents of the same in other words she quote unquote imposed it on her parents and probably her sister as well the naidu family's isolation also explains the reason why they could have become the subjects of this syndrome the exact causes of folly or famile are not known but stress and social isolation are often seen as the main contributors the family was isolated in the last 10 months they had to lean on each other this essentially leads the dominant person to influence those around them additionally people developing shared delusional disorder do not have others who remind them that their delusions are either impossible or unlikely stress is also a factor which in all likelihood 
exacerbated this condition alekhya was studying for the civils and which is stressful all in itself without the you know addition of uh, reincarnation and what not Yeah, and the same thing happened with Chunavats as well, right? In Burari, mm, because yeah. Lalit was the de facto patriarch, and he was the dominant person, and he was the one leading everyone else in the family in their shared delusion. So the next type, folly simultaneity, describes either situation where two people considered to suffer independently from psychosis influence the content of each other's delusions. so they become identical or strikingly similar or one in which two people who are morbidly predisposed to delusional psychosis mutually trigger symptoms in each other and an example of this could be the case of ian brady and myra hindley britain's notorious child killers these murders were famously known as the moors murders this is another instance where folly adder was set to incur So Myra Hindley because of her relationship with Brady came to believe his racist philosophy that included a fascination with Hitler and fascism and what not and i have read articles where this case is cited as a very good example of folly simultaneity so in folly communique the transfer of psychotic delusion occurs after a long period of resistance by the secondary or the passive partner the recipient of the delusion uh, who is the secondary or passive partner subsequently develops their own delusions completely independent of the primary subjects which is which typically persists mm. even after the parties are separated okay okay and the fourth type is uh, folly unduit or induced psychosis which may be considered a variant of folly communique so in this form new delusions are added to the old delusions under the influence of another deluded patient and so the secondary person enriches the newly acquired delusion guys sorry if we got all academic for a hot minute there but we learned all this so you guys should too yeah. next time we do a sorted case like this we want you all to tell us that hey guys this was the case of this syndrome Yeah, but that, ladies and gents, was our first case of this episode. Worry not, we have another one coming up right now. So before we jump into the new case, do you really believe the whole insanity thing is really what happened in Chittoor? Ah, uh, I mean, why not? This kind of checks out with what we actually researched. I mean, doesn't it? Yeah, but. Humor me. I'm just going to play devil's advocate. <laughs> okay. Think of it like this, okay? So the parents are extremely accomplished, right? And they're intelligent. So all I'm saying is, do you think they planned this and used the insanity thing to as a cover up for this whole story? Aditi, you have my attention. Please continue. I'm just saying the father came out of his trance, and we saw the mother blaming the father and saying that he let her down. He lost his cool. If he just held his mouth and did not and had not called his friend, they would have accomplished what they wanted. Ah, you know, your argument might have some merit. The thing is, uh, that on Wednesday, uh, last week, another piece of information came to light. Padmaja had inherited five crore ah. uh, ru- ru- rupees worth of property, and whether this had anything to do with the ghastly murders of the two young girls is still being speculated. And the police have said that this is an angle that they're still exploring. So we don't know. Maybe the whole insanity thing is an act. Wow, Aditi, 
you becoming sherlock <laughs> holmes now so impressed yeah i'm not becoming sherlock holmes i'm just putting forward an alternative theory cool cool so guys as this is an ongoing investigation we'll keep you all posted let us know what you think do you think that the mother is acting or do you think that this is a case of actual folly our family and that is all we have for the first part of this episode now let's head to england for the second part of this episode yeah you know we've become all fancy now traveling abroad and stuff for episodes and having two two parts in our episodes yeah so now we'll talk about the curious case of ursula and sabina erickson or what i personally call how not to cross roads especially highways So Ursula and Sabina uh, are Swedish twin sisters who came to national attention in the UK in May 2008. The twins were born in Sun, Varmland in Sweden and they have an older sister and an older brother. The older sister is called Mona, the older brother is called Bjorn. Wow, such Swedish names. Like they cannot be anything other than Swedish. Yeah, I mean Yeah, <laughs> okay. So growing <laughs> up, they were normal kids and they grew up to have normal families of their own. Essentially, they had no mental health issues or no criminal convictions, and by 2000, uh, both women were settled with their respective partners and they led relatively unremarkable lives. Ursula was living in the States while Sabina was living in Mallow in Cork, Ireland. Ursula visited Sabina on Friday, 16th May in 2008, and for some peculiar and god knows what reason, the sisters secretly left Sabina's home to go to Liverpool in England. They arrived in Liverpool at 8:30 a.m. on Saturday and went to St Anne Street police station. So later it was found out that they went in order to report concerns over the safety of Sabina's children Liverpool police contacted Dublin to follow up on the request learning that Sabina had had a fight with her partner the previous night at around 11:30 am that morning the pair then boarded a national express bus headed to london the bus reached this place called keel the twins complained that they were unwell So the driver of the bus left them at the Keel service center even though it wasn't a scheduled stop. So basically it is like the service center is like a british version of highway petrol pump and dhaba combined. The british bus driver dropped them off because they also suddenly began to act very shadily. He noticed that the twins were clinging to their bags tightly and did not let them reboard because they refused to let him search their bags for illegal items the manager of the service station was informed and also feeling suspicious of the pair's demeanor movements and fixation on their bags the manager called the police white people and their faith in police right i mean yeah, in india everyone clutches their bags and sits otherwise the the luggage will either fall off the bus or their bags will be all dropped yeah anyway so officers arrived to talk to them but left afterwards saying that the women seemed pretty harmless pay attention guys this is where the fun starts i mean this is where the story gets eerie <laughs> so the sisters then departed and began to walk down the central reservation of the m6 so m6 is basically a motorway in uk like how there are state highways they walked for a bit and weirdly they attempted to cross it causing chaos uh, for the traffic and picking up minor injuries in the attempt 
Sabina was struck by a Seat Leon, which is basically a compact like hatchback, like our Hyundai i20. Highway agency officers responded to the incident and police from the Central Motorway Police Group were called to assist. So highway agency is like this company that has the contract for clearing out accidents and assisting with clearing the highways. The police were there. They were trying to get a hold of the situation and then the unthinkable happened. So without any warning and almost in a trance, Ursula broke free and just ran into the side of an oncoming Mercedes-Benz lorry traveling at around 90 kilometers per hour. Sabina then quickly followed her into the road and was hit head-on by a Volkswagen Polo traveling at very high speed. Yep. What? Why? I don't know. And both did not die. Uh, Ursula okay. was hurt and could not move. The lorry crushed her legs. And Sabina spent 15 minutes unconscious. The pair were both treated by paramedics, but Ursula resisted medical aid by spitting and scratching and screaming at the paramedics. So there's a video of all this and you can see and uh, you'll still be processing uh, before you're able to pay attention to the specifics. But if you do manage to pay attention, then be prepared to see the fiercest one-sided catfight <laughs> in the history of catfights for real. I mean, it's insane. You can hear Ursula yelling at the policeman restraining her. She says, I recognize you. I know you're not real. And Sabina, who was by now <laughs> conscious, was shouting, they're going to steal your organs. And all the time, the police are trying to reassure both of them that, you know, they are the real police. They're not organ thieves, etc. So, yeah. To the surprise of the police, Sabina got to her feet despite attempts to persuade her to stay on the ground. Sabina started screaming for help and calling for the police even though they were right there. Then she hit an officer on the face before running into the traffic on the other side of the motorway. Emergency workers and several members of the public caught up with her, restrained and then carried her to a waiting ambulance at which point she was handcuffed and sedated. So you can see all of this, okay? I think her thwacking the police officer is the funniest thing ever. <laughs> like the police officer did not see it coming. You, you just you can feel the shock of that officer. Like the police, okay, throughout the video, they're like, we are, uh, the police are saying, we have very aggressive women here. And we <laughs> leave a link to the video in our show notes. Yeah. And how did this video get so famous though? So there is this... British television show called The Motorway Cops and they follow cops and make videos. So I don't know if we have any such shows in India, do we? No, no, no such reality show in India. Yeah. So that particular day, the police that came to attend to Sabina and Ursula because these two initially got hurt trying to cross the road. They were followed by a camera and crew who were already there to film the, them for that day. Then when the twins took off, the crew filmed everything and obviously the video went viral. Ursula was then flown uh, to a hospital by an air ambulance and Sabina was taken to the hospital where despite her ordeal and an apparent lack of concern over her sister's injuries, she soon became calmer and controlled and she was released about five hours later. In police custody, she was very relaxed and while she was being processed, she told an officer, we say in Sweden that an accident rarely comes alone. Usually at least one more follows, maybe two, which is so <laughs> ominous. I mean, if I were the police officer, I would, I would have tingles all over my body. 
anyway so on 19th may 2008 sabina was released from court without without a full psychiatric evaluation she pleaded guilty to the charges of trespass on the motorway and uh, hitting a police officer the court sentenced her to one day in custody uh, which she had been deemed to have served because she already spent a full night in police custody so uh, she left the court on baker street and then sabina began to wander the streets of stoke on trent trying to locate her sister uh, in the hospital and she was carrying on her possessions in a clear plastic baggie that the police had given her and she was also wearing her sister's green top at around 7 pm two local men spotted sabina uh, while she was on christchurch street in fenton so one of these men was a 54 year old glen hollands head who was a self employed welder a qualified paramedic and a former air force officer and while uh, the other was his friend peter molloy so sabina appeared friendly and she stroked the dog that the men were walking the three struck up a conversation everything seemed normal but they did notice that sabina was behaving very nervously which worried molloy Sabina then asked the two men for directions to any nearby bed and breakfast or hotels where she could stay. Holland said to pity on her and instead offered to take her back to his house at nearby Duke Street. Sabina accepted and relaxed as she began to relate how she was trying to locate her hospitalized sister. Back at the house over drinks, her odd behavior continued as she constantly got up and looked out of the window. Molloy later told the media that he assumed that she had run away from an abusive partner. She appeared paranoid too, telling offering the man cigarettes only to quickly snatch them out of their mouths, claiming that they may be poisoned. Shortly before midnight, Molloy left and Sabina stayed the night. The next day around midday, Hollins had called his brother regarding local hospitals in order to help locate Ursula. At 7:40 p.m. while a meal was being prepared in the house, Hollins had left to ask a neighbor for tea bags and then went back inside. A minute later, he staggered back outside, now bleeding, and he told his neighbor, "She stabbed me." Before collapsing to the ground and quickly dying from his injuries. The last thing he said was, "Please take care of my dog." She stabbed him. and didn't he help her i mean what is this case and what is with all the dogs involved in this case is there any evidence to suggest that dogs are always involved in cases of foley yadyo nope no dogs but yeah bizarre and no similarities on these cases on the dog front none at all no as the neighbor dialed the police sabina fled the premises and and was caught on the run by nearby cctvs she ran out of the house with a hammer She kept hitting herself over the head with it at random intervals. A passing motorist saw this and decided to tackle her in an attempt to take control of the hammer. While wrestling him, Sabina screamed and took a roof tile out of her pocket and struck him on the back of the head with it, stunning him temporarily. By this time, paramedics had found her and gave chase. The pursuit ended at Heron Cross. when sabina jumped from a 12 meter that is 40 feet high bridge onto the a50 another highway breaking both ankles and fracturing her skull in the fall then she was taken to the hospital wow let's give our audience a minute to take it all in guys take it all in please ah oh, do you also need a minute 
Yeah, I mean, I thought we had one crazy story, but we got two, right? Yeah, all right. Uh, a minute hasn't passed, but whatever. I'm sure they recovered. <laughs> Let's quickly touch upon the trial, okay? So on 6th June 2008, Sabina was arrested while recovering at University Hospital of North Staffordshire and was discharged on a wheelchair on 11th September 2008, at which point she was taken into custody and was charged with murder on the same day. Ursula by then was released from hospital and she relocated very uneventfully back to Sweden and then later went back to the States. Sabina's trial was scheduled for February 2009 but was adjourned after the court encountered difficulties in obtaining her medical records from Sweden. The trial was then scheduled to start on 1st September 2009. Sabina pleaded guilty to manslaughter with diminished responsibility on 2nd September. She stabbed her victim five times with a kitchen knife. At no point during her interrogation or during the trial did she explain her actions, only replying no comment to extensive police questioning. Similarly, at no time was the video from the N6 used as evidence in the court. Both the prosecution and defense claimed that Sabina was insane at the time of the killing, although she had become sane again by the time of her trial. The defense counsel in the trial submitted that Sabina was a secondary sufferer of folly other, influenced by the presence or perceived presence of her twin sister, the primary sufferer. The court also heard that she had suffered from a rare psychiatric disorder which made her hear voices but could not interpret what they had said. Her plea was accepted by the prosecution at Nottingham Crown Court on 2nd September 2010. Judge Saunders concluded that Sabina had a low level of culpability for her actions. So, uh, Judge Saunders acknowledged that this sentence would be entirely inadequate uh, to the relatives of the deceased. However, he went on to say, I have sentenced on the basis that the reason for the killing was the mental illness and therefore the culpability of the defendant is low and therefore the sentence I have passed is designed to protect the public. It is not designed to reflect the grief the relatives have suffered or to measure the value of Mr. Holland's head's life. No sentence that I pass could do that. It's a sentence which I hope fairly measures a truly tragic event. Sabina was suffering from delusions which she believed to be true and they dictated her behaviour. It's not one of those cases where the defendant could have done something to avoid the onset. So, Sabina was sentenced to five years in prison and she was sent to Bronzefield Women's Prison where she turned to Christianity. She was released in 2011 and no one has heard anything about her since then. So, Glenn Hollinshead's brother, Gary, was critical of the justice system which he viewed as enabling the murderer. He said... We don't hold her responsible, the same as we wouldn't blame a rabid dog for biting someone. She's ill and to a large degree not responsible for her actions. But a mental disorder should have been recognized much earlier. I do question the criminal justice system for allowing someone like this to be let out when she's capable of committing such a crime. Her mental condition should have been properly assessed after what she did on the motorway and the experiences the police had. Her mental disorder should have been picked up prior to her being let out into the community. And all of this, of course, makes so much sense, but it's just so sad. It's been 12 years from when this curious case happened. 
there are a million reddit threads which go into deep dives and come out with all kinds of conspiracy theories you guys are welcome to go down that rabbit hole yourselves and if you discover anything please share it with the class okay aditi can i tell one more thing before we wrap up yes please go on remember terenos Oh yeah, it was run by that lady who tried <laughs> yeah. to be Lady Steve Jobs, you know, she black turtlenecks and all. And then she got busted. She built a company around portable blood test something. Yup, yup, yup. Yeah, that company only. So her name is mm. Elizabeth Holmes. I read this book called Bad Blood: Secret and Lies in a Silicon Valley Startup. Okay, this is a fantastic book. Totally recommend you guys to read it. The author of this book John Carreyrou suggests that Elizabeth Holmes and her boyfriend slash business partner Ramesh Balwani were probably afflicted with folly other. If you all want to learn about Theranos and Elizabeth Holmes and how not to run a startup, please read this book or at least listen to this podcast called The Dropout by ABC. It is quite well made. For this episode, we were inspired by last podcast on the left, episode number forty four thirty three. the murderous madness of twins erickson and we tried our best to explain this phenomenon to you all with reference to an indian case but listen to this episode as well because they've done a spectacular job yeah anyway we hope you all like this little experiment let us know if you'd like us to cover any such topics with cases in the future Yeah and as usual please 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 hit follow wherever you listen to us if you have an apple device please write us a review or give us a rating we promise we'll share both positive and negative reviews and we've kept our end of the bargain and we'll continue to do that in the future also <laughs> uh yeah because this helps us immensely another way you all can help us is by buying our merch we're going to leave a link in our show notes and uh, the link to the merch shop is also in our in the bios of our socials on twitter and instagram So we'll see you all next week with something completely new and different too. Something that we haven't seen any other Indian true crime podcast do. Yeah, until then, guys, shoot for the moon, at least you'll fall among the stars. Well, that's a clue for our next episode. Until then, have a great week, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.